0: The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the sponsor, Mainstay Financial.
1: Good morning.
2: Happy Tuesday.
1: Yes, it is a happy Tuesday.
2: I feel happy. Yeah, Kitty, you feel happy? I'm happy. It's good weather today, huh?
0: Gorgeous.
2: Makes so you so nice. Remember Col- Colorado a little bit? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Hey, really, it was very nice this morning. In the 60s. Yeah. Supposed to go down in the 50s.
2: I'm I'm ready for it. I am if too. You Bring are. Bring it. Okay, that was a threat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about our topic today. Here you are on our pep talk. All yes, right. all right. And uh, I'm I'm lo- I'm breezing over the um, the notes while you introduce yeah. us. Yeah,
1: well, well, let's. Uh, you know, first of all, I'm Bob Virgie. I am with Alpha Star Mainstay here in Pensacola, and I'm here today joined by my daughter Katie and of course our hostess Jenna Barr. If you have any questions during the show or ch- care to share a story or anything, just uh, give us a call at 850-437-1620. We'd be happy to take your call. You can also text. Yes, please. Um, and, you know, uh, Jenna, any other ways to communicate?
2: Smoke signals, okay. tapping on the okay. glass behind Is me. it really
1: texting and calls? yeah okay i thought you got emails too
2: um emails take a little longer sometimes okay. because there's filters
1: gotcha and okay. so
2: I, if i if you do email jenna at newsradio1620.com i'll get to it yeah. it's just not always as, as timely as yeah. the text I gotcha. but right. we love to hear your questions yes
1: and we'd love to hear your voice because you know we all know it gets a little old listening to mine right I'm not saying it. Yeah, argue with about that. Okay, (laughs) right. Thanks. Yeah. Right. All right. (laughs) So anyway, we are talking today about the questions and uh, you know some of the factors to consider when you're choosing an investment advisor. Okay, and um, it's kind of funny, Katie. We had somebody come in with a list and it's a list of 10, 10 items. Uh, very, very interesting questions when you're interviewing your investment advisor, your wealth advisor. And, um, uh, but we had, we had a client, uh, come in or she's now a client, but she came in, she had the list, she starts just firing them. And I'm like, this is great. I wish everybody did this, you know, but, uh, 10 great questions to ask your investment advisor. All right. Let me give you a backdrop to this. Um, uh, so my wife and I, we are redoing a house, as you know, Jenna. Okay? Yes, how's that going? Oh, it's it's going. It's going slowly. Okay, but we have to, you know, there are so many compromises, right? Because it's a uh, it's an older home, 150 year old home, and you know, as my contractor says all the time, it would have been much easier just to build a new home. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but there's something about an old home. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, when we had to choose our contractor, you know, we asked him a lot of questions. Was, you know, it's a pretty important decision who you choose, especially in the world today. Right. Correct. Um, so what do you think? What What's the What do you think the most important thing when you choose any sort of contractor, an investment advisor or somebody to, to do work for you? What do you think the most important Um criteria is
2: well i automatically think of reliability yeah for me um right. they're actually going to do the job
1: how about what what do you think leads to reliability what do you think um i mean like consistency yeah, yeah. well I, more more specifically katie you got it
2: yeah this one is it on the paper and i should yeah. just cheat <laughs> Dang it. experience
0: i, was trying to be, I think oh, experience. experience
1: is probably the most important thing you know have you done this before right you know right, of course. and uh you know, you know, they're in our industry, and I'm not. I so don't. So, like, know,
2: asking how many years? Do you yeah
1: how how long have you done this? Um, a lot of contractors have a portfolio, like a photo album. You know, they'll show you everything right, they've not,
0: done. It's not. I don't know if that's the most important,
2: but is that what you're thinking? But that's the Cause first. Because I was going to say, I mean, experience is great, but mm. if you have somebody who's younger.
1: How convenient. Okay, okay, we've got two thirty-somethings. I know. Right? I'm
2: sorry. We're not coming yeah. against you. I, I well, let me tell you something.
1: Let me. It's not. Let me tell you something. Experience. Decades of experience is huge. That that really works well for me. I'm in my sixties, right? Right. So.
2: But and you build that trust, but right. also even just like six months of experience and building trust and having you know the um, feedback or. What is it called, like Google ratings, or
0: you know? That, that's what I say is like yeah. a recommendation reviews, reviews. You know, yes, yes, word, but, word of, of mouth. mouth. <laughs> yeah,
1: but you know, and I always say this because we get resumes, and you know, we see people that have just great credentials, great pedigrees, great education. Like they want to come work with you, yeah. yeah, and and you know, throughout my whole career, and but there is no substitute for experience, and you know, again, I you know, I understand you all are little younger but you'll realize that you know oh, naturally. i'm learning every day you know right so um you know but you want the knowledge and experience you know someone who has weathered both the good you know good markets bad markets um you know somebody to partner with for your long-term financial health um so this is uh this is a very interesting statistics statistic. If you have an investment advisor that is under 40 years of age, okay? Sorry, Katie. But if if you have an investment advisor that is under 40 years of age, there is a 90% likelihood, lots of moving parts here, that prior to the uh, coronavirus bust, okay? okay? The correction during the coronavirus, uh, what do they call that? The flash crash? but right. But a correction is the market going down or more. Um, But there's a 90% chance if you have an investment advisor that is under the age of 40, they had never seen a correction up until that point because the last correction was 2008. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe this, you know, the people got into uh, uh, the investment industry, the financial services industry, somewhere around age 25. Okay. Okay so or 25 26 27 i don't know but they didn't do it right out of college maybe they did something else but uh you know 90 percent of investment advisors under the age of 40 their first correction that they you know endured was uh 2020 yeah. during the coronavirus of course we're in one now all right, all right. let's be clear well, so there's been two two corrections in the last 25 months very, very interesting. Okay, so the first criteria, the first thing, how much experience do you have? How many years have you been doing this? Is this your second career, third career? Is this, you know, or is this something you have a passion for and you've really wanted to do your whole life, right? Um, okay, What what is another question we get all the time, Katie? Um, and it's it's something we're seeing or hearing more and more.
0: Yeah, are you fiduciary yeah
1: are you a fiduciary are you held to the fiduciary standard okay and you want to make sure that the person managing your money is held to the highest legal duty or a highest legal standard uh the highest ethical standard and that's as a fiduciary where they must put your interests you know in front of their own or first and foremost right the interests of the client come first um a fiduciary is required to disclose fees, compensation, any conflicts of interest, and are legally bound to make investment recommendations that are in their client's best interest. So that is, you know, what arguably, Jenna, that's that might be the most important question: Are you a fiduciary, and what, okay. or do or do you just execute trades for me? You know, oh, okay. you know,
2: well, what happens Ask, if they're not? Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, you need Sorry. you need to you need to find somebody else.
2: Okay, so just wait, I
1: mean, wait, can you imagine? Buy, can you me. imagine hiring somebody that it does not operate in your best interest? Oh, of you course, know, especially when it comes to your money. So, well, that's
0: the whole point. I yeah. Thought of right, right, right. It's, okay, it's a legal standard. It's a legal standard.
1: Okay. Right. Right.
0: But can you give examples of non-fiduciary advisors? Jen advising Jenna.
1: Jenna's a non-fiduciary investment oh straight up yeah
0: but what about the um the big firms
1: yeah i mean you know without getting into that too much uh, i would say um most are held to a fiduciary standard okay um but if they are not and and you need to ask them that question you know
0: they they just all have those conflicts of interest. There's lots
1: of conflicts of interest. They have a lot, and of and we'll go in. We'll go into some conflicts of interest. Um, Katie, I can say this. You worked, you worked for one of the largest uh, uh, financial services companies on the planet, Fidelity Investments. Okay, um, what do you get when you go to Fidelity?
0: Fidelity mutual funds. That's typically. right.
1: <laughs> Are you going to walk out of there with anything else? Are you, you know, you can, of course, you can purchase individual securities, but Fidelity has a conflict of interest, right? Mm. They, they, they're putting their, they manufacture in their and manage mutual funds. They are the largest mutual fund company on the planet. And you know what? They do a, they do a great job. And if you're right. going to be with one mutual fund family, Fidelity, Fidelity is a great one to pick right? Yep. But you're not, you know, it's kind of like you're not going to, you're not going to go to McDonald. What did we say last week? You're not going to go to McDonald's and walk out with a, with a uh, Whopper, with a Chick-fil-A, right? Yes. Yes.
2: Right. That too. That's Whopper. at Burger King. Okay.
1: So anyway, <laughs> you know, um, and, and we're kind of leading into the next one. Um, are you, are you captive? Okay. And so many of these have overlap. Okay. Are you a captive agent? Or are you completely independent? And Katie, your your years at Fidelity, uh, do you think you could honestly say you were independent? No. Right. Hmm. Good answer. Okay. So you want to make sure that you're an independent um, uh, agent, you know, and that you have all investment choices at your fingertips and not just, you know, whatever the company is in the big box you're working at. Right? Right. Right. So um, that leads into the next one. Um, Do you use proprietary products? Okay. Proprietary products, obviously. Why are we picking on Fidelity? Because Katie used to work for them. But Fidelity Mutual Funds are obviously proprietary products. Okay, And you want to make sure that, you know, who you're working with, your investment advisor, is not only predisposed to proprietary products, But that may be the only thing available to him or her, right? Right. Is is to use the proprietary products? Okay, that's hard to say. Proprietary products. You did great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't get that often here.
2: Um, I'm sorry. Can we back up real quick? Did we? um, Verify how we know that our investor is a fiduciary or no? Well, how do you verify? You need to ask.
1: You ask, need to ask. ask. Do yeah. you have
2: like a certificate? Yeah.
1: Well, or you know what? Comp- Without getting too much into it, it it depends on where you work. Okay. And what industry you're in? Okay. I mean, if you're if you're working truly in investments, um, if you're working in insurance, if you're working in you know, because okay. and and that has a lot to do with captive agents and independent agents as well.
0: And typically, they will say it. It'll be very clear on their materials and stuff. Okay. All right. We are, yeah, thank we you. Are Sorry. A, hey Jenna, we are, you know, They're very we're very proud of it if they are a fiduciary. Okay. Oh. Great. Yeah, we're That's already good to know.
1: picking on Fidelity and McDonald's, so, you know, we well, got to McDonald's you know, can handle it. Yeah, I know. But uh but anyway, okay. So, we've talked about what what is that? We're on number 4. That's yeah. terrific. Um I think you need to ask uh what professional licenses do you have? Okay. I don't want to spend mm-hmm. too much time on this, but you, you better have the appropriate licenses to do the job that you're doing, okay? One other thing, in our industry, you can't just, you know, find a place, hang up a sign, and all all of a sudden say, you know, we're managing money in here. Come on in, you know? You have to be, in our, in our business, you have to be, um, you have to have a relationship or be associated with a uh, registered investment advisory company. And of course, we do and that, you know, you need to have checks and balances. It's just like anything else. You can't, you know, who do you report to, Jenna, that your employer uh, reports to the FCC, right? You, right. And, th- and there are bodies that you report to, and there are entities perhaps up between you and those entities. Um, you know, a real estate agent is a great example. You can't just yeah. start selling real estate, you have to get the certifications, you have to pass some tests, you have to have your license with a, a, a licensed broker, and of course they report to other entities, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. But you want to make sure that who you're working with has the appropriate licenses, and credentials. And I don't want to spend, again, too much time and the Series 7, Series 6, 63, all the, all the different licenses, because to most people, that doesn't mean much. But of course, um, uh, you want to make sure your investment advisor has those. Um, here's a great one. Here's a great one. W- tell us about your team. How many people do you have working with you? How many people are in your firm? you know, you want, there's a lot of people out there that are managing money and they're pretty much on their own. And you want to make sure that there's, and, and, you know, Katie, we talk about this. There's a lot of people managing money that work for a big firm, but they really don't have much of a, you know, they don't have anybody on their team within that firm. Right. And And your dealings are with that person and that person only. And if something happens to that person, where do you go? You know, is it, you know, what is the backup plan? Is is there a 1-800 number that you're dealing with? And a lot of times, of course, as you said, that person you're dealing with may not be local. And I think that's huge as well. Um, we've had people come in and say, you know, where is your office? You know, we they want to know exactly where we are. They want to make sure that we're not just coming through town, holding a seminar or something like that and signing folks up and, and going back to whatever, the East Coast or the West Coast. Sure. So, uh, how many people are on are, are on your team, and where are they? Where is your place of business? Are you local? Things like that. Um, all right. What is your investment philosophy? Okay, and I think that's I think that's a very interesting and perhaps an an in depth question, but uh, and I think that's something we're going to talk about in the show next week, Katie the client engagement process, how we bring people in, what our investment philosophy is. Um, You know, are you overweighted in growth? Are you overweighted in value? Do you use mutual funds? Do you use ETFs? You know, what is your fee structure? You know, um, but you need...
0: some. some are solely really insurance providers yeah some are just insurance, insurance, insurance products i mean
1: yeah uh, you know we were we
0: focused were, on protection preservation yeah
1: we were talking to a client uh a now new client and she held five annuities and you know she didn't have any investable assets all she had was she had her cash in her bank and she had annuities and you look back you see the the name of the firm and you understand that that's what that firm um peddles, is uh Annuities, and you know, you just want to make sure you have everything at your finger. You know, individual equities, individual bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. Yes, annuities may play play a role in one's in investment portfolio, but uh, you want to make sure that you're not uh, painted into a corner mm-hmm. with your investment advisor because they don't have, they don't use all of these products, and it's not part of their right. investment philosophy.
0: And some don't do any insurance products. That is correct. You know, correct. they focus solely Just on the market. Solely
1: on managed money. Yep. Solely on managed money.
0: So it's, I, I think it's good to have a combination. There is.
1: It's important to have a combination. Both. And both. And you know, we do see a lot of clients that say, you know what? I use my insurance guy for my insurance needs. Right? Right. You know, that's all we do. And, um, you know, we do use life insurance as part of our uh, um, big overall financial picture. You don't... You, Life insurance is not an investment, okay, by any stretch of the imagination, but it's part of your financial, uh, your your whole financial uh, picture. Uh, life insurance, long-term care, you know, lots, of, and you know, sometimes annuities are an imp- an appropriate and appropriate investment as well, especially during these times when fixed income is getting beaten up. Um, okay, Katie, um, what is the what do you think? What What is the question that I think a lot of people misinterpret how to ask?
0: How do you how, get paid? Yeah,
1: yeah. So the question you need to ask, and you need to ask it just like this, how do you get paid as an investment advisor? How do you get paid as my investment advisor? You cannot ask the question, what are you going to charge me? Or how much? how much will I be charged, okay? Because... Remember, Katie, we had we had the one client come in, and she said, "You know, I met with my broker, and I asked him how much I'm I'm paying him. You know, what am I paying you to manage my money?" He looked me in the eye and said, "I'm not." He he said that she was not paying him a penny, and you know, we looked at her statement, we went through everything, and uh, you know, we told her that's absolutely true. But what happens is. The investment products, the proprietary products um, that you are being, that your money is being invested in, those companies, you know, let's say we've already done it. Let's pick on Fidelity. Fidelity will pay a residual, a trailer to that broker of record who sold you that mutual fund. And that's just the arrangement they have. You know, there's not a Fidelity office within, what do you think, Katie, 500 miles of here?
0: Yeah, I think it's a little less than 500. 500? Okay, I think
1: there's one in Atlanta. Okay. I,
0: yeah, there might be one in Birmingham.
1: No kidding. Okay, there isn't a Fidelity a office anywhere I in the listening area. Okay. Right. There. Okay, I apologize. Yeah. Okay, so a couple hundred miles away is the closest Fidelity office. So their distribution tentacles are, of course, the brokers in the community that are selling their mutual funds. And it makes sense that they would be paid a residual, a trailer of sorts, of sorts, or you know, some sort of compensation, if they place you in that mutual fund, and that's the arrangement Fidelity has with brokers. You know, that uh, they will pay them when they put their clients in those mutual funds, and that's true with any um, mutual fund company. But that broker can can look their client in the eye and say, "I'm not going to charge you anything." It doesn't mean I'm not getting paid handsomely but I'm not going to charge you anything. But yeah. you are being charged a fee inside that fund. And they, they can fund.
0: say, you're not paying me anything
1: Yes, for yes. And that's what we told the client. That's completely, that's true. So you need to ask the question, how do you get paid as an investment advisor? Is it commissions? Is it residuals? Is it trailers? Is it, you know, um, is it anything like that? So I, I think that's perhaps the greatest question of all. But you've got to ask it the right way. right. And what do you say, Katie?
0: How do you get paid? That's
1: right. How are you compensated? Yeah How as a get paid? as an investment professional. Um, okay. so listen as we wrap up we we got through nine. The tenth is what is your business continuation plan, your business succession plan. Guess what mine is, Jenna. What is my succession plan here? Katie. Katie, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to have multi generational um, what do you call it experience talent yeah you know and, and people in place because you know um, you know when I'm meeting with somebody in their thirties they know I'm not going to be around you know to see it through but guess who is Katie
2: well that was dark. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What a note to end on. Okay. So listen, everybody, if you want this list, it's the list of questions to ask your investment advisor and and things to consider. But our phone number is 850-437-3127. Thank you for joining us this week and have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye.
2: Bob, thank you so much. You can also head on over to MainstayFG.com for more information on Mainstay Financial. And uh, hey, stay tuned. We've got more talking about when to get a routine anxiety screening.